Hi, I'm Andy Psarianos. Hi, I'm Robin Potter. Hi, I'm Adam Gifford. This is the School of School Podcast. So welcome back, everyone, to another episode of the School of School podcast. Uh, very exciting because we have our regular guests here as per normal. So we've got Adam. Say hello, Adam. Hi, Andy. <laughs> that didn't sound very enthusiastic. And we've got... <laughs> I felt, it felt enthusiastic. I'm in, I'm, in, I'm in a chipper mood. I'm in a very good mood. I'll try again. Hi, Andy. How are you doing? You good? Oh, I'm doing really well, Adam. Thanks for asking. And we've got Robin here as well. Say hi, Robin. Yeah, hi, everyone. I hope I sounded enthusiastic. Well, and, uh, we'll let you get away with that are. one. And, and um, also today we have a special guest joining us, which is uh, Debbie, Debbie Lee from Overchurch Junior on the World. So, um, Debbie, tell us a little bit about yourself. Oh, hi. Um, nice to see you all again. And I am actually cheerful, too. Um, <laughs> so I'm a head of maths and head of year four, and I'm... Um, uh, an avid user of maths, no problem. I'm a year four teacher. And, um, you know, I love talking about all things maths. And so here I am. Well, great. Well, thanks so much for joining us, Debbie, today. And, and I thought today what would be interesting would be to, to have a chat about how you guys use assessment within your, within your school. You know, and we can talk about all kinds of different types of assessments. So whether it's summative or formative or, you know, uh, whatever you guys are doing. You know, do you write your own assessment papers? Do you, do you use... I know you guys are using Insights, the Maths No Problem product there as well. It'd be great for you to maybe give us a rundown of, of how you guys use assessment in your school. Yeah, so um, th- thanks, Andy. We, um, well, we've developed different systems, but when we do, we have a math journal. And um, when we do math, the master, uh, mastery and um, the explore, and then we run, you know, run through it and, um, and talk about mastery. Um, at that moment in time, I would say to my children, right, at this moment in time, once we've done the GP as well, if you feel that you are comfortable with this and you get it so far, they put a two in purple pen. So one would mean uh, 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 advanced, two would mean working expected, three would mean that they needed um, some intervention, and four would mean really that it completely gone over their head. So we're hoping we don't get a four. So at this stage, usually most children, because there's been a lot of the support, a lot of scaffolding, a lot of discussion, would put a two in purple pen. So purple is our marking um, uh, colour that we use for self-marking. So once we've done that, they would then go on to the independent. Now, it's at that moment with the independent work that most of the children would hopefully do it independently. They would then self-mark um, using... Uh, I We populate workbooks. So I give all of my teachers each year a, a blank new workbook. And as a planning document, they would fill it in as though they're a child, and then we use that as, as a marking station. So at the moment, I've got two um, 4A workbooks because of last year's new edition and this. Um, and then I would put the answers on on my iPad. So once they're finished, they would come and self-mark, and then they would need to go and do corrections um, before they came to see me. And when they came to see me, if and this is a child who'd done it independently... Um, I would say, great, I'd look through it with them and I'd say, you know, sometimes I'd send them back to say, well, look, you know, this, that and the other needs doing or whatever. But if they were, I thought, at expected, I would put a two. 
If I felt they needed intervention, I would put three or four. Now, the intervention in our school happens immediately. Now, sometimes I might give intervention immediately, other, or I might send them to see the TA um, somewhere else in the room. Or I would say, right, I'm going to gather these books together. Um, and first thing this afternoon, we're going to have a quick bit of intervention to make sure that we've sorted it. So some children who are really struggling might be able to do some of it and then they would realise that actually they weren't um, able to do it all. So I would revert to doing a GP style using the workbook page with those children. So they would have more input and more support. But at the top, they would put GP. Or as they were going through it, they might put GP by the questions where they actually had had a lot of scaffolding and support so that I can see what was independent and what wasn't. And, and then they would still come to me, and I would still, in black pen, put a number for them. But I might put beside it T or TA or whatever levels of support they'd had, so that I can understand whether they'd had a lot of extra help with that worksheet. Um, so that's just something that we have developed to try and um, help. You know, it's adaptive teaching, really, to try and make sure that we've, we've got everybody um, able to work and um, complete it. So, so for me, this is formative assessment constantly informing me for my arithmetic actually for the next day. And it's always from that that I would build something into my daily arithmetic. Um, the summative assessment, we use um, insights, um, which we love and um, we have used for a number of years now. We're a part of the pilot and it has gradually developed as we're using it. And as some of the things that we've requested have happened, um, so that we can see different whole year groups. I can see the whole school. Um, so, yeah, so we use that to drill down a bit so that we can actually look at diagnostics. Um, you know, certainly I would look, for example, now at year three. So I would, when I first got my children, I would look at year threes, last test, the 3B. And so I already knew roughly what my children, you know, if there were any things that I really needed to, to put some extra effort into. Um, so, yeah, so that basically, um, other than um, national tests, is the way we're keeping our sort of finger on the pulse all the time. And, and would other maths teachers be doing the same thing as you or do they have their own? No, the whole school system. So yeah. okay. everything that I talk about as maths lead, we have implemented across the school. How do you manage the children to get into a mindset that they're able to do this and, and to be able to do it well? So, so, because uh, there, there's quite a bit, I guess, whenever we self-assess, you know, that, that takes a bit of getting used to it and, and understanding what the response is going to be and why am I doing it and how, how well can I assess what's going wrong. What's your, what, how did you implement it? Like, like if a child starts in September, and I guess this is also for the, for the teachers too, because I, I think it's, this isn't, a suggest, this isn't suggesting that this is what happened in your school because it sounds well thought out, but sometimes we can think of self-assessment just simply being you decide for yourself and then that's it. It's just the process of thinking about it, which might have its place in places, but what you've described is more complicated than that it, it, it's perhaps more thorough you've got people that need to act on it so so they need to know what they're looking for and all those sorts of things how do you how does it begin in a September what what do you do yeah. so the children and staff are, are comfortable with that as a process I think it's a kind of a little bit like a thumbs up thing isn't it so when I was doing um the explore 
you know, I would kind of, after we'd had a big chat about it and they'd got their ideas out down with their journal and would share them, I would sort of kind of try to get a feel for how everyone was feeling. The, the journal bit is more about how they're feeling about it. Do they feel that they've understood it so far? And the GP, because it is quite heavily scaffolded, you know, by the time, and I, if I, you know, sometimes we do all the GP, sometimes we just, I just cherry pick the parts because, you know, I pick the bits that I really need them to do and then we move on. Depends how long the um, independent task is. Um, but it's, it's, it's very, I, I think for, the, for me, the journaling bit is they've got their ideas, they've been talking, it's quite a busy session um, and we've shared it, we've gone through the mastery and then I'm thinking, you know, because I don't want to set them on the independent task if actually it's all just gone over their head. Um, so that's my kind of gauge. So it's been, because it's chatty, because it's, it's, a, it's about talking, it's about understanding, it's about do we feel that we're ready. And without a doubt, some children will put a two and then they'll start the independent task and they clearly are not a two because they haven't really understood it. But it's easy then I get a carpet gang or various different things to scoop those children up. And, you know, sometimes it's just some of the questions they need extra help on. And some of it, they can sometimes they can do some independently and some not. Um, so... I think for me, I've always been somebody who likes the children to self-assess as well as me to assess, even you know across all subjects. And for years before I, you know, when we used different math schemes or did our own math schemes, um, I've always wanted to know. We've used traffic light systems. You know, I've always wanted to know how are you feeling? How do you feel it's going? Do do you think you understand it? Um, so I hope that helps. Yeah, it certainly does. Uh, and. You know, one of the interesting things is how much, um, I guess, formative assessment you're doing and, and how you've got that regulated into this kind of like, you know, data collection. You, you mentioned at some point that, you you know, you like numbers and you like collecting data and stuff. Um, how do you guys, you know, you're obviously clearly collecting a lot of data as the year goes by. How do you then go back and reflect on that data or look at it? Do you do you then often go back at, at any stage of the year and, and, and go through things and and, and assess the data that you collected or is it more just kind of useful on the spot it's, it's it's on the spot formative assessment so the numbers that go in the books i do not record them anywhere so in that book um so for example in parents evening i've got parents evening later this week i would have their workbook because literally i can flick through the workbook and i you know if they're mainly twos then i know they're mainly expected it just it gives me a feeling it helps me see who who needs more intervention and who who is adrift. And and it is difficult. I mean, math, some children just find math difficult. And for some children, it's because they don't like it and they think they don't like it and they think they can't do it. Well, that actually isn't something that I allow in my class because I say to the boys, you know, you, you will love maths. You just have to find the bit of it that you really like and have the confidence to have a go. Because children come in and they somebody's told them that their, parent, their parents have said, oh, I'm no good at maths. And then children think, oh, I'm no good at maths. And actually, everybody can can do it, so they just have to unpick it and get it in the right format for themselves. Um, and some some people obviously love it and find it easy and fly. But we can all all work towards. Um, you know, I I work on inclusion for all in my classroom, and we have we don't take children out for intervention groups. It's always in the classroom. And do you, and do you find that's really successful? That doing it that way, can you see the improvement happen? rapidly 
Yeah, we, we've, our MSAT results have really improved, which is obviously the, the big benchmark, but our insight results are good and we're looking at it and we can, we can spot where, you know, so, so I, for example, can see by looking at the data, um, you know, how it's going across the school and that's a lovely snapshot picture for me, but I also do learning walks so I can go around the school and pupil voice and I can talk to the children and find out how it's going, um, you know, because it's, it's a long game maths, isn't it? Yeah. You know, it's it's a spiral. Um, you know, you're constantly revisiting again and again. So that, that you kind of led nicely into what my next question was going to be, which was, what role does the summative assessment then play in your school? Because you're doing all this formative assessment, and it sounds like it's just part of how you guys work. Like, I mean, obviously everybody should be doing formative assessment all the time, but you guys have it down to a science by the sounds of it. You know, it's very. Uh, clear expectation that that you're going to be doing this and 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 you have a, a system for keeping track of it so that it's useful at the time but what about the summative assessment how does that work so the formative thing that is basically informing you always for the next day's teaching the summative is much bigger um, and at the moment we do we obviously do our insights at the end of each book so that's one of the reasons why I've decided to hold back the baseline for a little bit because otherwise it's quite a long time before we do the first test um, insights test um, so when we get to sort of the you know end of January February and we do the first insights then we would spend a lot of time looking at that data and you know and that's actually where sometimes the arithmetic is really handy because we can actually weave extra things in to there we can also look um you know obviously we we do we do the the scheme in order but sometimes you can um decide that you're going to do something like roman numerals later or you know or, or move things around um so yeah, and as head of year and um, the SLT and as head of maths, we would all look, everyone has access to the data. Um, but, you know, for schools, rightly or wrongly, it is always at, about the end of key stage data as well. That is our end goal. And so we want to, and we have really raised our standards. You know, I am delighted with our, our school at the moment. Uh, last year, six children have done fantastically. Um, and uh, so we're very pleased. And it is because we have such a strong system there are we're constantly scooping up the gaps mm. all the time mm. and then we have the big summative assessment as well um so you know i'm really happy with it the school's really happy with it good news was ofsted was happy with it too Great. um so you know whew, thumbs up <laughs> yeah because sometimes when you talk to schools or teachers about assessment there's this feeling that you know over time, teachers get to know their pupils and you don't need to have so much formalized assessment going on. Well, how do you feel about that point of view? Mm, I think it's very easy for a child to, for you to think that somebody is doing well and understands it all properly doing it. You know, Because it's not until you do some style of test that you really can see whether children un understood it. Um, and whether they can do it by themselves and apply it. Now, sometimes for some children, it's just that they need a little bit of a nudge and then they do know what it is they need to do. Um, but actually having, so we do the insights in test conditions. We do it properly, we mark it online. Um, and the only thing I sometimes do, particularly as you start to know your children, is if a child has left lots of blanks. And we don't, we don't, we don't say to them that you can't, we like them to finish the test. 
want them to finish. So if there are loads of blanks, because um, they can't see what we've marked anyway, because we don't mark it on the paper, we mark it on screen, I would, under quiet conditions, give those back and say, look, I really think you should have another look. I'm, I'm a bit disappointed that you haven't read that and thought, what can I do? Um, so we try and use them so that they are really informing us all the time. And, you know, if, if I could choose to work out insights slightly different, I would have three tests. <laughs> I know you've got two, but three tests would be perfect, So, which is why I'm trying to use the other one in a more diagnostic fashion um, so that I actually get, get my real use out of it and, and the children are ready for it. So Some people think that you don't need to do all this assessing and that you just uh, the teacher's sort of impression of the pupils should be enough. No, no, I, I, I think not. I mean, years ago, we used to have some SATS papers for the different year groups, which we don't have anymore. And you can buy different um, schemes and tests and things. But to be tested on something that you... So, for example, I know that the test will be on the things that we have taught. So we would never do test um, 4B until we had finished the book 4B and, and the same for 4A. Um, so, you know, it's, 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 just a, it's just so easy... And it looks nice. The, the papers are lovely. They're colourful. Um, they look official. You know, it's, it's all part of kind of building up this confidence so that when the children do have to do SATS tests in year six, that they actually are not phased by seeing these, you know, formal tests because we always take it seriously. So I don't think you can. Yet, yes, if you spend a lot of time one-to-one -one with a child, you can really see how they're doing. And you can see them when they're sharing and they're doing top tips and when they're talking, they explore. But, but really, a proper snapshot of where they are at a moment in time, uh, there is nothing like the, 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 this type of a summative test. Um, I, I think it's fab. <laughs> and we, we use it, you know, we won't be giving it up. So we, we think it's great. <laughs> what about you, Adam? What do you think of people who think that you can just, you know, as a teacher, you should just know. and that, that I think it's a can of worms. I think it's a can of worms, that, Andy. I think it's a really good question because formative assessment is hard, right? To do it really, really well is tough because in a, if we could wave a magic wand, I, as a teacher, would want to be able to ask diagnostic questions when I need to for any subject that's going on. Right, that's what, I, that's what I'd love to be able to do. So I kind of think that that formative assessment falls into two parts. We can get that assessment data and my children learning, but we also need to find out in real time the diagnoses if someone's not. And that's a, that's a massive skill set. So let's assume that, that none of us have that 100% at our fingertips. The next thing is about balance. So I could test my children every single day but that means that they're not learning every single day. We're just testing what they know. So it's finding that balance. So I think that an assumption that I know all of my children is dangerous because as much as there's so many factors that play into it, I, I have found classes that are really compliant, that sit up, they look busy. I've had cohorts where children that I know don't know something spent a great deal of effort trying to show to me they did know something. And they really didn't because they didn't want to be, I don't want to be the person that doesn't know what to do. I don't want to know the answer. So I think that 
we absolutely have to have a, a summative assessment. We have to do that. I think that we need a level of sophistication with it and we need to understand it. And that's what insights gives us, right? We don't have to do the number crunching with big highlighters. And I'm going back a number of years where you go through every question that's done for you because I think that we also need to be mindful of question types. What's this actually telling me? So they might be really good at this recall of something, but they might be just absolutely hopeless at putting that into a question that's being asked. And so that's the part that we'd need to then work on. So I think we do need that big picture. Of course, we expect teachers to know where our children are in the first instance. So we know what we, how we respond to them in real time so we can decide and it informs our teaching on a daily basis. But I, I, I think that, that we need that balance um, because I've not met too many teachers who are able, in fact, I'll tell you the truth, I don't think I've met any teacher that's able to know where all 30 of their children are at all times. On all the different You know, we can all, all aspire to that. But yeah, the, the reality is, is that, is that it, it, there are so many layers of sophistication in amongst all of that. Uh, so I think that, that, of course, it's got its place and, and it feeds into a picture that, yeah, that, that I think we need to have. Because to think that, you know, I know my class so well that, that this test is just going to confirm it. I think that that's a wee bit too much of the ego getting in the way, if I'm being honest. I think that, that this is just another piece of valuable information that, that we can refer to and learn from. I think that that's the most important part. You can really find out what they know as well. So I'm really like to use these tests. I don't want to know what they don't know. I mean, I do want to know that, but I actually really want to know what they do know and how well they know it and how they can explain it. So, um, and you, there is nothing like a, a test. And I mean, then, and they are child friendly. They're not scary. Um, yes, there are difficult questions in there, but there are also lots of questions where it boosts their confidence thing, oh, and they think, oh, great, you know, I, I can do this. You know, this is great. Um, so, but, you know, it does allow me to see what they do know, which is really important, as well as what they don't know. And, and they will not know it all. Very few children will know it all. But it's encouraging if they know more <laughs> um, rather than less. Well, listen, I, you know, I... I found there's a couple of nuggets from this this uh, this podcast that I think we need to come back and follow up on in another podcast because you said a few things, Debbie, that really interested me. Um, but listen, thanks thanks again so much for joining us. You know, I found this I found this quite fascinating. I think assessment is something that we need to talk about a little bit more uh, in general. Thank you for joining us on the 